Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. In this episode, we get you set for Valor FC's matchup with Vancouver FC Sunday night. Kean Williams, midfielder from the team, joins us. Also, Mark Arnold of Tennis Manitoba has a chat in studio about the French Open. That's all coming up on the podcast. Valor FC on the road this weekend. They're in Vancouver to take on Vancouver FC, looking for their second win of the season. Valor currently sitting in fourth place in the Canadian Premier League standings. Despite their one win, they're fourth because they got four draws with just one loss. As we welcome in Kean Williams of Valor FC. Uh, Kean, how would you say your season's gone so far? Your first year with Valor FC. Um, yeah, I'd say it's been I'd say it's been a steady start. I think that uh, we got a few more was where we ended up drawing and. And even the lock against Forge, but I'd say um, as a collective, it's it's for complain. Hey, this is your first year here in Canada playing. What do you think the level of play has been like? Yeah, no, I'm I'm surprised how um, how good the level is. To be fair, um, uh, I think Canada in general uh, as a national team has been growing and. They've been better as well. So the CPL, um, I think it's it's always good um, having a good good league to then um, for our like young players like Mateo, for example, in our team to um, yeah progress and uh, push push higher and get in that national team. How would you say life is different uh, in Iceland where you last played compared to here in Canada now? Yeah, I'd say now definitely it's um, a lot warmer. Um, uh, obviously, when I first came over to uh, uh, Winnipeg, it was um, probably even colder than Iceland, to be fair. So, yes, it's, it's very different to uh, to Iceland. But um, now that the weather's a lot better, I'm enjoying it. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think our winters are colder, but I think our summers are warmer than it would be in, in <laughs> yeah, Iceland. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for you, when you scored your first goal... Uh, last month what did that feel like yeah no it was, it was a great relief and um the main thing for me was was helping the team and uh obviously with one nil down the game and being able to get a draw away to um the cavalry was uh it was um it was a relief and then just now being able to push on from that uh, that goal and, um yeah hopefully for, like that was the first event so how do you describe yourself as a player? I'd say um, I'd say I'm quite excited to watch. Um, uh, fast, um, fit. I'd say I'm quite like a, a team player. I wouldn't say I'm too selfish, um, but yeah, I'd say I'm a player who's really hungry to to get stats and goals and assists and things like that, and and uh, and help the team. So here we are, six games into the season, one win, one loss, four draws. Uh, how do you get more wins in that win column starting Sunday in Vancouver? Yeah, I think it's more about um, being able to manage the game, but I think um, we definitely have the, the quality of the team, and I'd say everyone's been with level. And um, and yeah, I think I think we're actually quite happy with how the team has gone. It's just when it comes to them... The vibes more. It's more. It's more about moments of of game. Just uh, just being able to game better and um, 
and yeah, just just seeing the game out and getting three points. To be honest. What have you thought of Philip DeSantos as a head coach? Oh yeah, no, I've got nothing, um, nothing bad to say about Philip. To be honest, he's one of the one of the best coaches I've had, um, and he's he's someone knows he knows exactly what to do in in exact moments. Um, and I was quite surprised how um, how much knowledge he has for the game and everything. So. That obviously I'm still a young player and stuff, and help me grow. And obviously some of the uh, some of the other young players and stuff because we've got quite a young squad. So yeah, I think he's he's perfect for for this club and the personnel in the club. Your birthday is on Canada Day. You turn 23 on July 1st. So what's going to be the bigger celebration? Spending it here in Canada on Canada Day, or just the fact that it's your birthday? To be honest, you know, I noticed that when. Um, when I uh, was looking at the schedule and coming over and stuff, and yeah, I just I just feel yeah the, uh, the perfect kind of day to hopefully get a win and uh, and grab a goal and yeah and uh, and uh, celebrate the day in the right manner. So that's uh, what I focus on, and then any celebration will uh, will focus on after. Yeah, you got to match that day. Said Saturday, Canada is a Saturday this year, so that's going to be fun. Two PM match against Cavalry FC. Uh, in terms of the the atmosphere, playing in the Winnipeg crowd, what have you thought of playing matches? You only played a couple so far at IG Field. You've played three, but uh, what's been the atmosphere like at that stadium from your point of view? Yeah, yeah, Matt did. What's great, and uh, and the fans, um, they they really they really help get behind us, and I say that. For an away team, I'd say it's quite interesting. you can come to uh, IG Field. So, um, yeah, hopefully they can uh, can keep turning up and and uh, and yeah, like yeah, it's been great. Do you still follow soccer back in England, or are you just connected mostly to what's happening here? Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm a uh, I'm a big uh, I'm from Leicester, so I'm a big Leicester City fan. Obviously, I was growing up there with the. Uh, the academy going all the way up to three level training with the first type of first team a few times and um yeah so I support them. Uh obviously it's not been a, a great year in the Premier League for them and uh obviously I'm hoping uh, that they can can end up staying up with <laughs> it's not looking too likely to be honest. Yeah, right now they're in a relegation position. Then I'll get you out of here on this. The the twenty sixteen title what was that like for you being in that city, or if you were in the city when that all happened, that incredible title run they had? Oh yeah, no, it was amazing. I think it was um, it was just inspiring more than anything. Like obviously be, being around that environment and um, seeing like obviously the first team play day to day, and um, it just is obviously it's really motivating to you as like a young player, and you just honestly you just enjoy going into. Um, like I just enjoy going into the training ground every day and working hard and uh, and yeah, with obviously for for less and time that no one expected it, so it just made I think those guys, as young players and stuff, believe even more that like why 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 can't we we get to that level and and stuff like that. So yeah, no, it was, it was great to be around uh, to be to be there at that time. Well, wish you the best of luck with everything here in Canada and best of luck with the matchup on Sunday in Vancouver. Thank you. That is Kean Williams. He is a midfielder with Valor FC. 
They're taking on Vancouver FC Saturday or Sunday night, a 7 p.m. start in Vancouver. The next home match for Valor FC is Sunday, June 4th against York United. The French Open begins in Paris on Sunday. 128 people in men's and women's draws will whittle itself down to one over the course of two weeks on clay. And as we do every time we have a major in the tennis world, we have Mark Art on the show, Executive Director of Tennis Manitoba, who's volunteered to come into the studio. I think you're my first in-studio guest since COVID. So welcome in. Awesome. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's a privilege to be here. So... Uh, it's let's just get the the elephant out of the in the room out of the way. Nadal's not going to be at the French Open. How weird does this feel? Weird. I mean, um, we briefly briefly chatted before coming on on the air, but it's just it's a different vibe. It just seems so not the same. It doesn't seem like a, a real professional event. I mean, we've been spoiled for twenty years having him and and Roger Federer, and now they're gone, and and Serena's gone on the other side. So. It's an adjustment. Like I said, we've been spoiled, and to, uh, to not see them, it's, it's, it's a different feeling, but we have to move on. Uh, it's been coming for years. Like they're, they're getting older. They're older than most successful tennis players get in the pros. And we knew we were in the golden age while it was happening with Nadal, Federer, and Djokovic winning almost every major. But the end happening still, we, we knew it was going to come, but it still sucks. <laughs> It does, and it's. I guess I'm still in denial, uh, and I guess Rafa said he'll make a, a farewell tour next year. I guess yeah. it is if his body holds out, but I'm surprised we actually got as much as we did out of him. He played such a physical game. Yeah. And even when he was 19, 20 years old, we said, yeah, you know, it's great, but will he last at 25? He made it to 30. He made it to 35, and now, I mean, father time, and no matter what, no matter like, Tom Brady aside and and all of that, it's just, it's such a grueling sport, and especially the clay. I mean, he succeeded on clay, which to me is the hardest surface, playing uh, on that clay court and Roland Garros French Open and all the tournaments leading up. Um, it just, uh, I think it, it really did take a toll on his body. Yes, it's softer than playing on a hard court during the hard court season, but uh, what he, the energy that he put in and his physicality and, and his body type as well, um, I think it's now finally caught up to him. Now, we don't need to like write the eulogy of his no. career yet because he's going to have a comeback, but last year's Australian Open title, where he's down two sets to none against Medvedev, is, is an all-timer. It is. That's just an incredible one. Uh, so this year, let's start with the men's draw. Carlos Alcaraz is the number one seed. He lost early at a tune-up event in Rome, which was a bit of a stunner, but he seems to be the heir apparent to be the clay court king, does he not? Yeah, he's on that path, definitely. And I mean, yeah, in Rome, a stunner, but he had a good, he won a couple of tournaments leading up to that. So maybe his coaches, his body and his handlers are probably saying, okay, it's it's fine if you don't go deep into this tournament. Give yourself some time to, to recover, to prepare for what's going to be hopefully for him uh, two weeks plus uh, in, in Paris. He just turned 20. I know, that's amazing. <laughs> he has a major under his belt, winning the U.S. Open back in the in the fall. He's the favorite, right? He is. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I mean, Djokovic is in the draw. So Anytime that's always, he's there, yes, exactly. But so it, it, I think it's a one A one B type of situation here. But uh, I think right now, just on based on form and and again, you know, the 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 age of of Djokovic versus Alcaraz is and, and Alcaraz has the um, has the experience. He's won a major. He's he's won a lot of tournaments. So it's not like it's his first major coming in. So. 
uh, his mind is there. He's he's special, and uh, expect this to if his body holds out again. It's 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 a lot of luck involved, but expect for him to be the next uh, superstar to be around for a while. Yeah, and at only twenty, it looks like with with Djokovic, you know, he's he's getting up there too. Yeah. I, I expect him to win a few more majors before he's done, but. With the draw this year, Alcaraz is number one. Number two is Daniil Medvedev. Yeah, Clay isn't his thing. Is this a year he changes that, or, or are we looking at a two seed that might not go very far? No, I think uh, I think that he 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 will make it. In making my notes for the, for this program, I was, I was just looking at that, and he's one of those guys that he can if he gets on a roll and if if he's in that mood because he seems to be a very volatile player in his mood swings and. On court, uh, but I mean, if he gets into that proper mindset and that proper headspace, I certainly I think he can win the whole thing because he's just got all the weapons to do it. He's got the the patience, the endurance, the fitness to be able to go five sets on a clay court to do five hour matches, and he's proven that. So, I honestly do not sleep on on Medvedev. Definitely not. The Canadians now they're both in Alcaraz's quarter, which obviously isn't great. Uh, Felix is the top-ranked Canadian, number 10, taking on uh, Italian veteran Fabio Fanini in round one. Your thoughts on Felix's game at the moment? Well, he, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he pulled out of the previous warm-up yeah, tournament did. in Lyon, uh, citing a shoulder situation, I'll call it. Uh, he stated after the fact it was just precautionary. Well, so you're not going to push it ahead of the French no, Open. No, 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 definitely not. So that's, that's I'm fine with that. So hopefully he has a later start, a couple days in, maybe by Tuesday he starts, so he rehabs it and does what he needs to do. Um, his form is not there. I don't know if his mind is there either, because, I mean, the two go hand in hand. I mean, physically, all the players are so so equal, and it just comes down to what uh, how you are mentally on that day. So I... Uh, if he's there again, it's one of those things. If he, he gets through a tough match and gets on a roll and he gets some teeth into the tournament, and uh, who knows, he, he can. He has the game definitely to make it to the final and make a deep run. So I always thought, and it was always told to us when he was developing, that Clay would be his uh, French Open would be his first major. So uh, I remember his coaches saying that, no, we expect him to, to win a French Open. So I'm hanging on that. Well, we saw last year he took Nadal to five sets. Yes. At this tournament. That was awesome. Which was a, a legendary performance for Felix in there. You know, I never thought he was going to win that match because mm-hmm. it's Nadal, but there, you know, it gets to five, you're thinking, wait, mm-hmm. could this actually happen? And then it didn't, but still, that's an, a, a remarkable achievement for him. Denis Shapovalov also in that quarter. He's ranked 26th. Yeah. Uh, and if he were to face Alcaraz, it would be in the third round. Felix would face him in the quarterfinals. He takes on Brandon Nakashima, who knocked him out of Wimbledon last year in round one. Where's Shapo at right now? Uh, say, I, I don't, that's, if that's a question, will he, I don't know if he'll get through this first round again. Uh, history head-to-head against uh, Nakashima, obviously, like you just said, he lost Wimbledon, but uh, I, I don't think he's there. I don't think he has the patience, uh, the mindset to grind out on a clay court uh, and, and to go that that distance. I, I just, his focus doesn't seem to be there. He's in and out and and really distracted quite a bit, so I don't think he has what it takes to to go the distance on on a, f- a tournament that has five best of five sets. So the shorter tournaments, yes, the smaller tournaments, best of three. I mean, it's a sprint more than a marathon. So, okay. um, yeah, my, my I'm not fifty fifty for me whether he gets through this uh, through this one. Now the top eight has had a lot of stability. I feel in the men's side of things, where you have Alcaraz at the top, Djokovic is back. Tsitsipas is ranked fifth. Rublev seventh, who's a guy who's always around but never really goes deep in in majors. Yannick Sinner, a very young player, is number eight. Casper Ruud is the fourth seed. He made the final last year and just got walloped by Nadal. Yeah. 
uh, also made the final of the U.S. Open. Is he flying under the radar? He is, and I think he likes it that way. He likes being just, I'll sneak in the back door if I need to, and uh, and that's the type of game he has as well. It's a very, you know, people may say it's not a, a flamboyant game or not fun to watch, but I mean, he's very effective, obviously. I mean, he made it to two Grand Slam finals, which is a massive accomplishment. So uh, he can sneak in as well, uh, which, uh, like I said, he, he prefers it that way. But uh, might be some some upsets along the way, too. There's uh, there's a guy, uh, Ben Shelton, from the U.S. that I'm really looking forward to watching a little bit and watching him develop. And Because uh, he weighed at the Australian Open. It was his first time ever leaving the States. <laughs> I know. And he went on a run. Now his, his field that, that he went through was very like lower ranked, but still to do that in your first ever time leaving the country is pretty good. So to to put a bow on the men's then, if it's not Djokovic or Alcaraz, who do you like? Because I I think it's those two and then a pretty big gap. Yeah. For myself, maybe this is Titsy Pass's time. Maybe, but they're they're pretty good on clay. He has been, but they're, he just uh, split up with his coach, Philip Pousses, I I saw. Mm. So that might be something who knows what's happening there behind the scenes. But Alcaraz, Djokovic, Tsitsipas are all in the same quarter, so uh, same half of the draw. Right. So that it'll be a, I mean, some upsets will have to happen for that to happen. I can't see him getting through the whole draw, so there would have to be, it would have to fall into place for him. So he'd be an outsider. The other one, Rune from Denmark, he's he's also one of those sneaky guys that it might be his time, and he's got that attitude where who cares about well, all of you had, guys? He had a match with Rude, well, yeah. I think two years ago. Where they, it was deep in the tournament, and they there was allegations of of Rude yelling at Rune after the fact in the hallway and yep. getting in his face, and then someone's dad refuted that. It was just this whole like sure. drama. It, it, there was, and Vavrinka actually told him he shook his hand after a match that they played, and he kind of pulled him into into his body and said, "You've got a lot to learn. Like stop with your theatrics and all your antics because you you haven't earned that yet." Mm. So he kind of told him off at the net, and I, I, so it was. Uh, it was okay. pretty. Yeah, the drama seems to follow him. But he again. That's fun uh, for the sport. He though. like exactly. People are talking about it, and like they said bad publicity is good publicity too, right? So on the women's side, number one seed Iga Swiatek has been really hard to beat on clay. Uh, it's just been really hard to beat. Period. Yeah. She seems to be the uh, the runaway dominant player, but she's not the the person who won Australian Open. That was Arena Sabalenka, the number two seed. But it's just the transition from hard court to clay. It's tough for a lot of the big hitters to make. Shiontek is so physical, so skilled. We've seen her win this tournament already. Is she like the runaway favorite as far as you're concerned? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, okay. she's coming into the tournament with a bit of a hip issue. Okay. Uh, she's downplaying it. So we'll see. Uh, obviously, we don't know what it is, uh, uh, the severity of it. But uh, Sabalenka... Best of three, hard hitter, uh, obviously just just won a major, so I see her uh, her doing it. She has the motivation if she does uh, make the final and, and if she actually wins the whole thing, she's number one in the world, which has always been her her goal, which as it should be. That means be. a lot to the it, players. It, it does, you know what, as it should be. And uh, if this is the, the carrot at the end, I mean, she might dig uh, dig in de- deeper and... Uh, and be able to pull it off, but again, lots has to play in. And uh, but at least I find, I mean, in previous uh, interviews we've done like this, we've always talked about the women's side and just said, you know, it just seems to be unstable. Like there's always somebody new coming. I mean, one of twenty can win it, and now we're kind of whittling it down to one, two, three players that are the favorites each time. So it's playing out that way. Yeah, Elena Rybakina has been really yes. impressive too from Kazakhstan. Uh, she she's from Russia. 
Kazakhstan is where she represents because they they were able to fund her career. And now she's the fourth seed in this tournament. Coco Goff also on Fiontech's side of the bracket is the sixth seed on Shabur, seventh. Yeah. Over on the other side, Jessica Pagula, the American, uh, the daughter of the owners of the Sabres and Bills, is the third seed. Maria Sakari of Greece, the eighth seed. Canadians. Mm-hmm. It is Bianca Andreescu. We'll start with her. She faces the 18th seed, Victoria Azarenka, in round one. She is on Sviantec's side and would face her in uh, round four. I personally have no expectations for Bianca in this tournament. Do you? I don't. That's that's such a tough draw. Azarenka likes playing on the clay. She grew up on the clay and came over to the to the states. But uh, um, I, I don't. I, I again, one of those. If she does win this, okay, she has. She can. I'm not saying it. It, it can't happen. I, she has the game to do it. But if she does win it, then I think she gets on a roll, and then you'll see her going deep. I believe. So she has to get over this this hurdle right now, and then because we've I never like really it. seen anything on clay from her. No. No, this has kind of been the part of the year where she's been hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. I mean, she got hurt in Miami a couple of years back, mm-hmm. or was it last year? And so that last year, yeah, it was last year. So um, that kind of put an end to that. But uh, I look forward to seeing it. I mean, I think she's she's saying she's fit, and uh, hopefully her body is right, and uh, she can get through this first one, knocking off 18 seed. Then you take over that side of her her draw, the 18th seed draw, so she can make a few rounds. And she's the type of player she gets momentum, gets the confidence. Look out, she can beat anybody in the world as she's proven. Could face the. 2021 champ, Great Chikova, in round three, potentially. On the other side of the draw is Leila Fernandez taking on the 21st seed Magda Lynette, Polish player who went on a Cinderella run deep at the Australian Open. Uh, Leila, since winning or making the final of the U.S. Open, it's been feeling more and more flukish that that happened to me, but she's still very young. Mm Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on, on her potential in this tournament? I was thinking the same thing. It's it's funny. I, I exactly my thoughts when I'm looking at the draw and I said, "Wow, like that that U.S. Open was it a fluke, or, or did it actually happen properly?" And 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 I don't know. That's yet to that story has to be written yet. Still only twenty. It's still only twenty, and that's what I'm saying. The story has to be written, and uh, she has the game. I just hope again when you have parents that are coaching. A different dynamic so i don't know if she'll be able to break away from that i don't know if, if she's not listening anymore to that that instruction from her dad and 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 will the dad allow for somebody else to come in and give a different perspective? is that something you've seen in your time oh, in tennis oh my gosh i've seen it so many times and and yeah like and it's unfortunate I, that uh that sometimes the uh the parents can't stay out of the way and um they they definitely um yeah obstruct the uh the progression of the uh of the I'm going to say here on a local level of the child. And then as they grow into, into adulthood and, and professionals, parents do get in the way. Absolutely. And, uh, and in some cases it's, it, it doesn't happen. So um, hopefully this is a situation where um, it does work out, but I'm having my doubts as, as we get deeper into her career. I'm just, I'm just wondering I, they, exactly. You called it a fluke and will it happen again? I haven't seen signs of it happening again. Rebecca Marino is also in this. Uh, she takes on a, a Russian player She's it's just to make I think if she's at the point of her career where just making the main draw is pretty good, right? Exactly. And she and she I got a lucky to meet her. She played in, in the tournament here in Winnipeg. We had a challenger a few years back and she won it actually and she's such a nice person and everybody's just rooting for her. She's like a kind person and and, and she's so determined to get there and where she's at right now, um, it's fantastic. And I know that she's just relishing um, being in that situation and enjoying every moment. So, uh, and she's in a good mindset from, from what I see, and, and that helps her on court as well. So I, I really am rooting for her. Uh, so to put a bow on, on the women's side of things, you think it could be Sabalenka? 
Yeah, that's, I, I mean, Sviontek, I think that the injuries are uh, more than what she's letting on. And if that's the case, if Zabalenka keeps it together uh, mentally, mm-hmm. she has the game to do it. Uh, yeah, she's not as agile, and that's what makes Sviontek really good on the clay is her agility and, and her, her mobility, uh, her speed, her change of direction, whereas Zabalenka, I don't think she is at that level. So that, if it goes head-to-head, if that's the final... You know, I, I think crafty as is, is she is, uh, Shvontek is, I think she'd be able to outdo her that way unless it's just a quick 6-2, six, 6-0 six, set for Sabalenka or match. Uh, then that's that's how she'd have a, a, a chance of winning if it would be one strike tennis. But I, if they both hit the final together, that means Shvontek is okay as far as her body's concerned. I think she would win it then. Last question. Sure. What's the tennis uh, situation in Manitoba right now? It's pretty hot for tennis, but... Uh, oh, What's the season looking like right now? Booming, booming. We are just we just completed a junior tournament in Manitoba uh, at the Kildonan uh, Tennis Club and had 146 kids participating nice. from Ontario, Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC. We usually, uh, junior tennis, we'd have about 40, 50, 60 kids playing. Oh, wow. So we actually had to play it over uh, four venues. So that's exciting. We're building a new venue, which will be ready in about four weeks, I've been told. I did a site check today and so excited Where's about that? that. That is in West St. Paul at the Access Center in West St. Paul. So Tennis Manitoba Hub at West St. Paul is what it's going to be called. Uh, we're moving the uh, ATP Challenger over there in August, August 13th to 19th. So that's the new home for the Challenger. Okay. Stadium seating, lots of room, lots of parking. I mean, it's it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited about that. And I mean, we have the, uh, the players now playing and uh, to support uh, having a facility like that, and it's 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 in a space where it's needed uh, in in the area of, of Manitoba, of our city, on the outskirts of the city. So, uh, uh, 15 minutes from downtown, and uh, just really looking forward to opening that up and, and having our first challenger there in in August. It's gonna be a lot of fun, Mark. Appreciate you coming in. Thanks for this. Thank you for having me again. As Mark Arndt, executive director of Tennis Manitoba.